0: wow you really are a master of your craft sir you've sold me on that you really gaslit me with that thing i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore so you lie to yourself to be happy there's nothing wrong with that
1: we all do it we all go a little mad sometimes come on one of you nuts has got any guts with a smile on that face you're only as healthy as you feel
0: listen to me listen to you by what right because i have a right to be i have a voice Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let the healing begin.
1: All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So this week, as you know, if you're a regular listener, we took a look at The Rock in San Andreas. Uh, which is, of course, a disaster movie and a, a movie I only watched because he was in it. And also kind of a disaster movie is Baywatch, uh, which comes out, uh, which just came out this week. So uh, in order to talk about this, I mean, just this epic of David Lean proportions, I have uh, brought in a Jameson Rabbit to uh, of, of many different podcasts and shows. So which one would you like to pump up this week, Jameson?
0: That's <laughs> a... Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, let's go with Real Films Podcast. Yeah. It's it's uh, close to my heart where uh, my uh, my buddy Jason and I um, sit and talk about every couple of weeks we get together and we talk about uh, documentaries that we watch. Um, usually fun ones, although lately it's been a nice stretch of really depressing ones. Um, it's It's been tough. There's been a lot of dead bodies lately in the <laughs> documentaries we've been covering documentaries We're do tend to
1: like they will go deeper and darker than a lot of narrative films because the world is a dark place
0: yeah i kind of and it, it kind of i have a sick sense of humor where every couple of months i just want to rewatch watch dear zachary just to kind of purge myself i don't know if you've ever seen that but uh who wouldn't want to rewatch that i mean come on yeah Barrel laughs. This Jamison guy. Come on, kids. <laughs> Let's sit down and watch this. I got a movie for you. Trust me. So, uh, yeah, if, if if you enjoy document, and you know what, it's just we, we talk about it on the podcast frequently, but we are in a great renaissance period of uh, of documentaries and the availability of oh, so yeah. many, especially with just- streaming. They're everywhere. Yeah. They are at your fingertips, every subject. And, um, yeah, so we have a lot of fun there at Real Films Podcast talking about all kinds of documentaries.
1: All right, so uh, this is the first week you've, uh, like, you've been on for new release reviews before, but this is the first kind of official time after Mike Denniston has left. You're no longer, like, a a last-minute replacement, but this this was planned for you to come on for Baywatch. (laughs) So I I really think, I mean, I guess spoilers, but there's nowhere to go but up after this. So I can guarantee you the next movie you're here for will be better.
0: Oh, that's... That's reassuring (laughs) because I kind of feel like you pick some some movies that you want me to just suffer through. See, here's
1: the thing. If I pick you for a movie that is obviously going to be bad, I think I don't think anyone like I walked into this movie thinking it was going to be one of two things. It was going to be this huge surprise and it was going to be really, really funny because you've got Zac Efron and The Rock, who are both very good comedic actors. So who knows? Or it's going to be the worst movie of the year. And I was right. Uh, it is the worst movie of the year for me so far. Um, but if I pick you to be on a movie like this, that means I have tremendous faith in your ability to talk about anything. So really, <laughs> you should take take this as a compliment, Jameson.
0: Wow. You really are a master of your craft, sir. You've sold me on that. You really gaslit me with that thing. <laughs>
1: So, um, walking in, what were your expectations? Did you did you think this had a chance in hell of being any good? And this movie is not well reviewed. I think the last time I checked it was like a seventeen or eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a thirty-eight on Metacritic. So this is not people are not lining up to uh to praise this movie.
0: Yeah, that's kinda of surprising with uh especially with the rock in it. You know, that is kind of surprising that he yeah. seems to be he gets he gets a, a few points just on his own.
1: Benefit um, of know, the I doubt mean,
0: every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, you and I were, were kind of texting beforehand that I thought this had a chance of being the best movie of the year. Um, As every movie does. <laughs> 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 no, I went in with, I mean, really no expectations at all, hoping like best case scenario, hoping this would be like a 21 Jump Street. Right. Um yeah. And that's really like, I think that's kind of the pinnacle of this taking a a serious drama type thing, making it absurd. And I think I kind of will be referencing that a little more as we get into this, you know, playing off that, but that's, I was hoping like maybe they're able to do that because the cast is interesting and there's and
1: beautiful to look at. I mean, this may be the most beautiful cast to ever be put on film. Like everyone in this movie (laughs) is stunning. Like from the villains to the henchmen
0: to our main characters. It's ridiculous. And Baywatch is ripe for parody right i mean it is almost self-parodying when it's serious right so See, yeah, and i, I think i think honestly that's where they went wrong in this movie
1: right. is if you didn't ever, go far enough well not only really didn't go far enough but if you've ever watched Baywatch, it's it was funny because they didn't know it was funny they took it so seriously and you get none of that here everyone is in on the quote-unquote joke uh of this movie although i my audience was deathly silent <laughs> and and it was relatively full. There was, like, I think, like, you know, 40, 50 people in this audience and okay. no laughs. So I, at least I didn't feel as bad as not being – there's nothing worse than being in a theater of laughing idiots – where you're, you're the one who does doing. it. You're like, ah, it's <laughs> terrible. Uh, but but nobody got it because they they tried to play it up too much and they, they – it felt like they were cursing just to curse. And you know me. I, I curse like a sailor. The F word is a comma in my house. Mm-hmm. But I was still like in this movie like, uh, do we really need to be dropping F-bombs every other word in this to movie? To me
0: – yeah, this movie to me with, the, with that felt like – uh the, the the kid who learns his first swear word and doesn't yep. quite know how to use it properly and is just kind of throwing it out there like hi huh? am i cool right am I cool now this cool now yeah totally and that's what it felt like especially with the rock dropping so many uh, mfers yeah it's like this feels forced yeah you feel like you're trying to show off in front
1: of the cool kids right and if you you brought up 21 jump street unfortunately this is of course nowhere near 21 jump street which is honestly one of the best uh, comedies of the last decade. This is yeah, closer absolutely. to the remake of Starsky and Hutch than it is. Oh, to Yes. <laughs> like it's, it's just, it was honestly like, it was painful to sit in this theater for two hours. One. Why would you ever make a Baywatch movie two hours long? That's just stupid. Yeah. There's no reason for that. And it's such a waste. There's so many good comedic presences in this movie and nobody, there's no good jokes. Like I walked into this, Already a little upset because I had heard there's a bunch of gay panic in this movie, like, oh, I don't want to touch a dick. Oh, it's gross. And uh, that's in there. But like, honestly, this movie was so bad. It's like hard to be offended. Like, I was just like, (laughs) I don't even like I am so tuned out by the time that happens I just – I don't give a shit anymore. And that got like a chuckle out of my audience and that's like the only thing that annoyed me was that was like, oh, now you think it's funny? Like, oh, because he touched another man. Oh, gross. <laughs> and I was just like that that joke is played out. That joke belongs in the late 80s, early 90s. Like you're not doing anything new, anything fun. And that's – I mean I think that's the thing that kills me about this movie is it's OK for it to be stupid. It's OK for it not to have any great acting performances. But it should be fun, and it's like right. I felt like if I wasn't doing this for a podcast, one of two things would have happened: I would have walked out, or I would have fallen asleep. And that is like the worst thing you can say about a comedy is that I was bored.
0: I was bored in a movie
1: that starred The Rock, right? Come on, and I mean like, this is the Rock, Zac Efron, uh, Alexandra Daddario. Like, I, I mean, there is a lot of either entertaining or beautiful things to look at in this movie but that's kind of where it ends. I think honestly the only person who realizes the quality of movie she's in is Priyanka Chopra um yeah. who is our kind of big bad which is not a spoiler cuz from the first moment she's on the screen she might as well be eating the scenery which is
0: great. She's a she's mustache twirling like I'm taking real estate and I'm I'm the <laughs> the nefarious club owner and I'm also a drug dealer right like what what do you need me to be i'll be all of it right
1: honestly so many drugs wash up on the beach i'm wondering if any drugs got to the customers like there's like <laughs> eight scenes in this movie where like little baggies come washing on short i was like who is taking these drugs There's like they just keep <laughs> keep showing up and like i don't know they're and it seems like The people who were involved in this movie who liked Baywatch, I mean, there were certain things that they got right, like this ridiculous plot line of the the drugs washing up on the beach and we got to track them down. Like that does feel like something straight out of Baywatch. But it like somehow even when compared to a shitty show like Baywatch, it somehow still doesn't stick the landing.
0: So my biggest issue with this movie, and it took me a while to try and figure out what I hated the most about this. <laughs> There's but so many I choices, think- Jameson. There is. So many choices. There are. But I think what, what what caused this movie to miss, for me, was the writing was obviously terrible. Yeah. But I, it, it honestly, for me, it falls on Dwayne Johnson's sizable shoulders mm-hmm. in that it felt like, to me, he didn't want to be... The butt of any jokes. Yeah, he didn't want he was trying to play his role too seriously. Like I'm still the superhero. I'm still the guy who who is, is uh, the leader. And and in the movie, really not much gets done when he's not around. He he always has to save the day. And it felt to me like you need to be the butt of some of these jokes. You need to take yeah. the hits just like everyone else does to make it over the top fun. I mean, that's what, that 21 jumps Everyone's taking hits. Everyone's taking being the butts of jokes. And, like He was like, not me. I throw, I throw insults around to everybody, but nobody brings it back on me. And it, it just felt like he was trying to play a, in a different universe than the rest of the characters were.
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole first half of this movie, every time The Rock is on screen, which is basically the entire film, there's yeah. some moment where everyone is in awe of him. And that, it was entertaining in the opening sequence. I think the opening sequence is actually really fun and enjoyable. And I was like, oh, maybe people were wrong. Maybe this is this is going to be a good time. And then after that, every moment is like, isn't isn't uh, isn't this guy great? Isn't he amazing? He does everything right. And I was just like that character. And granted, it feels ridiculous to talk about character arcs in a movie like this. But like nothing changes. Nothing changes for him. He's awesome in the beginning, and then he's misunderstood, and then he's awesome in the end. And it's just like, okay, who cares? And, like, for me, the biggest laugh in my theater uh, was when he called Zac Efron High School Musical.
0: High School Musical. That's – me too. That was the one laugh that everyone got. Yeah,
1: and it was like, okay, so your biggest laugh is referencing someone else. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like this is so brutal. To watch. And it's just and I didn't want that. I wanted to be surprised and I wanted to be wrong. I wanted all those critics to be wrong. But this is a really, really bad movie. Like there is not a lot here that hits and nobody comes out of this unscathed. Not the writers, not the director, not the actors, none of the actors, even Priyanka Chopra, who is fine, is still like ridiculous in this movie and feels like she's in a different movie from everyone else.
0: Yeah, and it was really weird because I actually, you know, there's a couple of them that I was actually looking forward to. Alexander Daddario, I liked her. I liked yeah. her in True Detective. I, I, I liked her in San Andreas. I thought yep. she was fun. In it. It's like, oh, cool. And they gave her nothing, nothing to do in this movie. Yeah. Um, And then the kid that played Ronnie, what, what's his name? Uh, John Bass. Mm-hmm. To me, this felt like this role was written for Josh Gad and they couldn't get him. Yes, absolutely. He felt like poor man's Josh Gad just come in and and – Give us what he would have given for a tenth of the price.
1: Yeah, I do think probably the best the best character, the most interesting person in this movie is, is that character's friend played by Hannibal Burris. I think he's barely there, <laughs> but when he's there, he's actually entertaining because he's poking fun at how ridiculous all of this is. He is us as we're watching this movie like, are you fucking serious right now? Like that is essentially his role. So that stuff is enjoyable, but that's like – five lines of dialogue in a two hour long
0: movie. So many of the characters, I mean, his character of the, the, the schlubby every who has the spunk to make the Baywatch team Ugh. and is in love with CJ. We can't talk around her. And that's just the constant running joke. Um, the, the multiple, multiple, uh, pack references in this oh movie. God. Like, Oh, five, Five minute scene of him getting his junk caught in a chair and then another scene of him oh naked in the shower and then the obviously the morgue scene and it's like okay, is this this is I mean, yeah, this is very dated humor. Like this is very juvenile and I understand what we're watching, but um even for this it's right. juvenile. Like it's the other thing that kind of Raised an eyebrow, no pun intended, was with The Rock. <laughs> I think this is the third consecutive movie I've seen him in where he has to reference how big his Johnson is. Ugh. he. Has, this is, I mean, Fate of the Furious, yep. you know, he's like, oh, it's a tight in the crotch. It's it, it, this one, you know, he, he mentions that when they're building this hand because it feels to me like he's overcompensating.
1: Right. Like, why do he you have to keep mentioning this? Know. Is this in your contract? Like, do we have to now, talk about your dick in every movie? Is that. <laughs>
0: I don't know I'm not a doctor, but you know
1: <laughs> I love where this has started. Please continue.
0: <laughs> I don't know the effects of HGH on the human body. I you know what old school steroids used to do it's to a guy. not good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it makes things bigger, like everything else on it, but I just know that, you know, back in the days, you'd, you'd hear about the uh, the guys who looked his size and the, the way they'd have to overcompensate for what was going on with the steroids. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels that way. I'm like, hey, this is not small. It's huge. I right. so tell you about it in every movie. You're the rock. Knock it off. Yeah. It's just
1: – honestly, I'm like – I'm struggling mightily to talk about this because usually, like – honestly, usually I'm like – I'm pretty easily entertained. I'm like, okay – this was not a good movie, but here are the things that are good. And like, my God, there's like, there's nothing here to grasp at. Like, this is a, it's the first movie of this year that was genuinely painful to watch. And like, you know, I watched, I watched the King Arthur movie and I found good things about that. And everyone hated that. But this is just like, this is bad across the board to the point that, if it's well, it's the first movie this year that if somebody tells me they like it, I have like 27 questions I have to ask them. Like, wait, <laughs> you're going to have to fucking explain yourself because this is just a garbage fire of a movie. Like, it's just – it's got four or five writers and you, and you can tell that it was like this kind of groupthink uh, script and nothing really works. And even – like I was reading a review of a friend of mine wrote, uh, David Shreve, who works for Audiences Everywhere, talking about how even the editing of this movie um, doesn't take advantage of Zac Efron's humor. Like the way, right. the, way the film is cut even is – it feels like it's cut by a bunch of amateurs. And Zac Efron is really funny, but I, I think he's OK at playing dumb, but essentially to boil him down to a Ryan Lochte – uh yes. rip off which is that's like is. guys it's a little fucking late for that like that would have been funny three years ago but like i know who that is but like i guarantee you most of the audience doesn't remember what would ryan lochte do as a as a tv show like that's not oh I, so, I still
0: have my what would ryan lochte do bracelet <laughs> there you go that.
1: that one was made for you <laughs> and it was just like i kind of i should have known from the beginning when you have this kind of flashback of his character vomiting in the pool during the olympics i was like oh, oh
0: that's funnier." this is that's where we funny. are
1: this is where we are so yeah like this is a movie and we'll there's one thing i want to mention in quote-unquote spoilers although oh, who gives man. a shit um <laughs> is that i i cannot possibly there is literally no one in the world i would recommend this movie to and that doesn't happen very often. Usually, even if a movie is bad, I'm like, oh, if you like this kind of movie, which I fucking hate, you will look, like this. You might like it. I'm better than you, but right? you might yeah, like exactly. it. exactly. <laughs> but, like, nobody – there's no one I would recommend this to. Like, honestly, we are in a world now that if you want to look at pretty people – there are many options online for you. You do not have sure. to pay fucking $15 for a movie ticket to see pretty people on screen. Just stay at home, you know, log on to whatever website you choose and mm-hmm. have a good time. Do not waste your money on fucking Baywatch of all things.
0: What, what really kind of really blew me away after the movie. And I did a little bit of uh, a little bit of reading the IMDB trivia was, you know, like, like you said, and I agreed one of the bits for the audience, was the you know, the rock, the consistent joke-telling of calling Zach Efron's character different boy band names. Jonas Brothers
1: like or sync yeah, or whatever.
0: You know, A1 yeah. Direction, whatever. Um, and then, you know, the high school musical one was the one that really landed best because whatever. Yeah, uh, he was whatever. in it. Get it, guys? <laughs> it's hilarious. And so this is how bad the writing is, is that those jokes were all written by Zach Efron. He <laughs> just wrote down a list of names for the rock to call him. And so, like the one big laugh in my theater uh, was written by Zach Efron. <laughs> the writing was awful. Uh, the, the way they tried to build The Rock into being uh, like, oh, he's had 500 career saves, like he's John Franco or something. And I, was like, <laughs> I oh, thought that I was like, that's a weird dark. way to put that. <laughs> 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 500 career saves. We're keeping stats on these guys. Like, it's it was just absurd to me. I mean, it's, I, I, I just, I was really blown away that they could find a way to make this really goofy, really fun, really over the top. I mean, even the even the goofball character of Ronnie was not enough. It just, uh, yep. I agree with you. I, I don't know who I could say to go see. I mean, now this is, I've steered people away from a couple of movies this year. This is, this is on that short list. It's weird though, because The Rock. Even movies that I say are terrible, like, mm-hmm. look, I hated Fate of the Furious. Right. I still go, yeah, like you said, like, yeah, no, you'll probably like it. It's not mine. It's not for me. Right. Look, you might like the Tooth Fairy. Sure, you're a kid. <laughs> go watch it. Right. <laughs> Rock right. In it. The Rock is always fun. And he was not fun in this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no he just,
1: he you. tried to survive just on charm and there's really nothing there to hold on to. Kind of, like, there's just nothing. Like kind of a
0: dick in this movie.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing that rubbed me the wrong way about his performance is he's saying his lines as if he's the same old charming guy, but he's just like cruel instead. And that's not yeah. really in his wheelhouse as an actor. Like I, I've thought about this and the last two movies, his two movies this year, this and Fate of the Furious, these feel like the movies he should have made right out of the gate. Like this I'm not is a Scorpion King. Yeah, I mean, this is what like a former wrestler. This is what you expect. But like, he has built us up now because he is a good actor. If you look at things like Pain and Gain, and even things like San Andreas, that don't demand a lot of him, but survive on his charm and his charisma. And then you go to this, it feels like the the timeline
0: has flipped. Like this feels like these should have been made ten bullet. years ago. And it feels, you know, we build him up to be this great character. You know, he's a great hero, blah, blah, blah. And it feels like as he is just pounding into these characters, his underlings, yep. these rookies. And then, he's like, looking around for approval. We're like, huh? I really gave it to them. I'm awesome, I'm like, You're right? You're a dick. Ugh, You're fuck. a dick. boss. Like, why are you a horrible person in this? Yes. And he's like, yeah. And there's no, like, there's no smile on his face, really, as he says it. You know, just. Nope yeah I, I did like him in this movie
1: yeah and that's maybe the first time I've ever said that even in bad movies he's likable and there's like like I said no one comes out on skates here everyone gets dirty everyone gets ugly in this movie and no one survives like it is it's just it's a bad look for everyone involved yeah alright so we're gonna go to spoilers because there's one thing I want to complain about
0: I, I can't
2: wait spoilers what Read ahead, spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler?
1: That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Okay, so at the very beginning of this movie, you know, it's a Baywatch. It's got all the cast list, and from the beginning, it says David Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson are going to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. But then they frame them both as if they're fucking cameos. Like, I wasn't expecting this already. I was so annoyed by this because he, like, Hasselhoff shows up, like, probably an hour and 20 minutes into a two-hour movie and has one scene and then an outtake at the end. And Pamela Anderson... Shows up at the very end of the film. These are cameos, but because you put that on the screen, I know it's coming. So there's not that that genuine reaction, that surprise, like "Oh, that's cool." They did involve them here, and if I have to see Good. one more goddamn movie this summer with David Hasselhoff fucking showing up, god damn what
0: it! Is it's the summer of Hasselhoff. Like I,
1: I'm sure he needs the money, but God, just fucking say I will pay you to stay out of my movies. Like I, I will set up a GoFundMe. To just keep you off my fucking screen because I don't need Hasselhoff in 2017. I'm done. I tell you what,
0: this, this summer in the last two months, I've probably seen as many David Hasselhoff movies as I've seen in my entire lifetime.
1: Yeah, and I that's think I may too have many. i my
0: production. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, what's weird though, one of the things I did enjoy, kind of stupidly enjoy about the movie, is that Brock plays Mitch Buchanan in which is was the character that David Hasselhoff played in the series like okay he's, he's Mitch Buchanan but it is he inhabited a universe where David Hasselhoff's Mitch Buchanan also exists yep and in my mind i want this to be like the princess bride or whoever takes over right. the pirate right. ship the dread pirate, robbers. The dread pirate yeah. robbers
1: i mean they did the same thing and with cj like,
0: too <laughs> like they yeah.
1: yeah it's an odd choice it's it's yeah. a mild, it's like in in a better movie, it's a funny moment. But in this movie, it's just, like, one more fucking thing. Like, oh, yeah, Mitch and Mitch. Okay, great. Like, that's always, that's the sequel, right? It's, like, Mitch and Mitch Detective Agency, Baywatch Nights. Like, that's that's where Baywatch we're going to get.
0: hunting ghosts. Oh,
1: fuck. Jesus. Like, this was, like, it was honestly tough to sit through. And I hope that no one listening had to do it. I, I hope I we're the only just ones. Saw,
0: like, just The Rock. And Zach Efron's abs and uh, is that,
1: okay, and some that's another thing. Zach Efron looked fucking gross in this movie. He worked out so much, like he veiny. yeah, it's disgusting. Like it's not a good look. as As a person who is attracted to both men and women, I was not. I was. I looked at him and I was like, that is not attractive. That's fucking gross. Like no I mean, one, nobody although, wants
0: that. I mean, I wouldn't mind it if I could do that, but.
1: You just, just <laughs> tone it down, man. A six pack is okay. Well, you don't need like the eight pack and the side ab and the, well, like, was, just settle down.
0: I think, I mean, you know, he's, he's going to be standing next to the rock. I'm sure he, that, that, that's a little intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I can be see that. Next to that monster. Yeah. The man
1: overdid yeah. it. Zach, th- someone yeah. next to Zach needs to tell him, no, somebody needs to go like, dude, no, that's enough. Like, I know I you want to lift bridges, enough. but it's enough.
0: I wanted more to develop between his character and Alexander Dario's character. They do have,
1: just... like, a connection. They work together.
0: Hey, those two get together. Those are some blue eyes sparking right there. My goodness. Man. Um, and I wanted more to come out of that. And it just felt like they kept... <sighs> God,
1: That's wanted... for the sequel, we're, buddy. We're reviewing
0: Baywatch. It's <laughs> for the
1: sequel, Jameson.
0: That's... <laughs> I'm spending too much time even thinking about this, but I, I, that is kind of like something that I wanted to see. Like, give me something. Yeah. Write a story. Come on.
1: Yep. All right. Yeah, uh, no. So I think we're done. That movie fucking sucked. It was terrible. I apologize to you profusely. I promise.
0: If you want to then... see a movie where where bodies are showing up, where people yeah. work unexpectedly, and they're solving crimes, go watch Men at Work. Yes. It's a better movie with guys – People yes. doing a job where bodies show up and they go and solve the crime. Go watch that.
1: My friend, if this was not a podcast, I would give you a golf clap for that reference. <laughs> well done. Well <laughs> done. All right. Uh, so one more time before you run away as fast as you can for Pop Culture Case Study, why don't you tell people how they can contact you online?
0: Sure. You can uh, You can find my podcast on the iTunes or the Google Play or all those places, I think. Um Real Films Podcast is one of them. Movie Mojo Monthly is another one. Best way to find links to all that stuff is uh, on Twitter. You can find me there at America's Co-Host. Pretty uh, self-conceited to take that name. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, go in there and I post links to all the junk that I'm working on. So go find me
1: nice all right so we're going to take a break and then uh, we will come back with fangirl fixation with brit we'll talk about the movies coming out next week and also we will continue her film education with a good disaster movie the poseidon adventure
0: hey everyone i'm jason michael and i'm lee brady and we're the atlantic screen connection podcast we're a podcast that looks to analyze what makes films great, with a warm atmosphere and a good laugh. New releases, retrospectives,
1: and absolute classics—all reassessed and reviewed. You can find the Atlantic Screen Connection podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and if you're looking for a more direct approach, you can find us on Twitter. Just look for Jason Michael at Atlantic SC and Lee Brady at Big Pick Reviews.
0: Welcome to the Atlantic
1: Screen Connection podcast. Let the games begin. Hi everyone, we're back and it's time for Fangirl Fixation with Britt. Hello, Britt.
2: Hi.
1: Wow, you sound really excited to be
2: here. I'm so tired.
1: Get it, get it together. I know Wake it's up. like
2: it's like the middle of the day and I'm still exhausted.
1: <laughs> the funny thing about this, a little behind the scenes, I was just talking to Britt about how my voice is much louder than hers, and I say hi, Britt, and she goes,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> "Come on, <laughs> pump up the volume." All she right. I even had
2: coffee. It's like flatline, it man. Just
1: not enough. Uh, So anything you want to talk about before we uh, uh, jump into movies and such?
2: Well, I'm terrified to go to my first full weekend of a convention.
1: Oh, that's right. Last week we talked about you got your tickets to Fanime, and now it's happening, man. Yeah,
2: picked up my badge yesterday, which uh, that was the fastest and stinkiest line I've ever been in.
1: I'm torn on whether I feel happy for you or not.
2: Well, okay. yeah, I mean, it was one of those things Yay, like, uh... I saw, I saw the line and I started to panic immediately.
1: Yeah, like you do.
2: Um, and then I was like literally through it in 15 minutes. Like, it, it was a really, really long wow. line, but you anime, sort of prepared. yeah. Unlike Silicon, uh, Silicon
1: Valley, Comic-Con. Yeah. Last,
2: last year no. it was shit. I don't know how it was this year for getting your badge, which is why I only stayed there for two hours and didn't actually do the full thing. Um, because after three hours in line, why do I want to still be there? You don't. Um, but this one, like, it was really cool because they had they had points where they would stop you, so people couldn't get through anymore. Oh, um, and then they would like let you through again. Oh,
1: so it's like it's like the conversion of the uh, the lights on the way to the freeway. Yes, the only yeah. nice. but
2: Smart. then once you get into the place to get your badge, they had all these stations set up with laptops and scanners, and oh. you scan your QR code because this was prepaid only. Right. You scan your QR code, and then at the end of the station, it prints out your badge, and you show the ID, and you're out.
1: Dang, so, that's awesome! So, each station—Silicon station, Valley man—each
2: <laughs> station could do 12 badges at once.
1: Oh, that, oh wow, yeah, that's pretty great. Nice.
2: So, well, I'm glad is my that first was easy.
1: There. I am sad that it was stinky. Uh, I was just—I ex- was ex- not
2: prepared.
1: Well, you know, fucking geeks, man. Oh, God. Fucking the unshowered masses at an anime convention of all things. You know, that's. I mean, not I to be that guy, a, but can't I'm wait that for guy. A like that's, can't that's, die. that's
2: all I got to say. Oh,
1: God. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, enjoy, I guess. Uh, yeah. But I am excited for you that you finally get to go to this convention and excited for you that I'm not there to <laughs> uh, make it terrible for you. Thank you. And baby. roll my yeah. eyes and be awful. Uh, so that's good. Uh, so, you know, yeah.
2: I'm just going to come home with a whole bunch of stuff I want you to watch.
1: Yeah, the good thing about you when it comes to that is you're like (laughs) you should watch this, and then you forget for like six months.
2: You told me that, (laughs) and then you
1: go, you should watch this, and then you forget for like six. It's great, so (laughs) so there is that. All right, uh, I'm trying to remember. yeah, we haven't gone and rewatched uh, Alien Covenant yet, so you haven't seen that. No, I haven't seen that. So it yet. we're going to try and do that this week. So maybe next week.
2: Because Brad had a small freak out and was like, I need no more responsibilities.
1: Yep. And I was like, that's fine. Just stay home.
2: <laughs> I took him out for a fancy breakfast instead.
1: That's right. Hey, I, and I feel like uh, I won that day. You
2: really did. You I got, got, to I have got, got bone breakfast out and, and a chorizo scotch. Egg yeah, and, and I got to see and, a movie. Uh, yeah. So,
1: like, Dave wins all right um so uh, before we get into the movies that are coming out this week we have to continue uh, Brit's film education
2: oh right um, I forget that thing happens
1: yeah so this week we uh, we watched San Andreas for the um, for the for the movie this week so I thought like oh what other you know kind of old school disaster movies and I said last week that we would be doing uh, the Towering Inferno <laughs> and then I went to press play and it was two hours and 44 minutes and I value my life so I decided to call an audible in that oh, moment. And, and, uh, it wasn't
2: just your life. You even had a moment of like, fuck that. Well, yeah, night. but I would
1: sit through it. But I know you were like, right now, like anything, two, uh, two hours and ten and it's over, you're kind of like. It's
2: a very busy week. So, right. like. It, there. But there in general, a week, you're yeah. just kind
1: of like, I don't need to sit but, through a three-hour movie right but now. But
2: usually we can like break that up between two or three nights. And this week was right. just not just really of weeks where we had time.
1: Yeah. It was funny. There was like uh, this panic in your voice. Because I said, it's two hours and 44 minutes. And literally what you did, you turned to me, we don't have. Enough time. Like, <laughs> it, it, I was like, "It's okay." So called an audible and watched another disaster movie called The Poseidon Adventure, which I had actually seen before. Um,
2: Dave was ridiculously excited for this.
1: Gene Hackman. Yeah. Gene Hackman is my favorite. My favorite movie priest, and it's not even close. He is amazing. So, but before I gush over that, um, what did you think of the Poseidon Adventure? Poseidon Adventure, first of all, uh, made in 1972, and it's essentially like it's a pretty. Standard, um, uh, standard disaster movie, you know, set on a big boat, like very Titanic-ish.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say you could see that uh, Cameron took a lot of a lot from this for Titanic.
1: Yeah, see, you're jumping right ahead. We'll ask those questions later. No, 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 no. I just I want in. it
2: done. I got I got <laughs> hockey to eat, but this is I got uh, anime to watch. <laughs>
1: this is apparently, uh, you know, based on a novel, starring uh, Gene Hackman, Ernest Borgnine. Oh, I didn't know it was uh, Red Buttons, Shelley Winters, like it's. Uh, <laughs>
2: Are that you laughing at red buttons? Name.
1: No, it is not. Uh so what did you think of the Poseidon adventure?
2: Overall, I I liked it. Um there were some things that like grayed on me a little bit because of the, you know, the year that it was made.
1: Yeah, see I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in right here because I, I I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> so uh Britt cannot deal with nineteen seventies movies, and here is why. It's not the pacing, <laughs> it's not the slowness. Nope. It's that people are a little more free with the volume of their voice yep. in movies in the 70s. But I will defend this one because it is a life or death situation. No, yeah. So you're going to have yelling. But there's... Yeah. A, and Gene Hackman is a good yeller.
2: He like, is. he's a good person to have um, there. But it's like, like, most of the movie <laughs> is Gene Hackman and that other character just screaming at each other. And I would also like to point out that this week I had a severe panic attack. Right. So people yelling put me on edge. It's a little in, rough. Uh, to begin with. Sure. So I would have to like kind of like go on Instagram and go into a happy place um, while watching it. Right. <laughs> well, no, it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Where yelling, are the tiny puppies? Yeah. 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 Which I would then send to Dave. <laughs> yes.
1: So other than the the yelling, what it, you said there were a couple things maybe that grated on you. Was there anything else?
2: Oh, the overt sexism, but I mean that's again, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the time. time. Um sure. I did like that women a, stand up for And themselves. you
1: have a woman hero. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. You know, so that was kinda cool for nineteen seventy two. No, yeah,
2: there was definitely redeeming things as far as like like giving nods to feminism in there. Sure. Um but it, but it's also like I was like, okay, so one of the characters who stands up for herself is a hooker. Yep. Like, an ex hooker. An ex hooker. I thought
1: like I mean, yes, but I also thought like the relationship between the two of them was really sweet.
2: No, yeah, when you get down to it it is, but like, again, that like was his a couple whole that like I wouldn't have married
1: other. I wouldn't have married you if I was ashamed of your past.
2: Right. Like yeah. if
1: I and I was like, that's really adorable no, yeah. and pretty had a lot
2: of good Relatively
1: forward thinking for the early seventies. Yeah. You know? It was a little weird that he was a cop and arrested her a <laughs> yeah, couple was, times. Was, yeah, was a little weird.
2: I, but... was great. <laughs> like, that's one of my favorite moments. I so like, I you kept arrested... you off the street. Yeah, you arrested me six <laughs> times. How else was I supposed to keep you off the street until I could marry you?
1: <laughs> it was very sweet. Like, I, I like their relationship a lot. Yeah. I also like that, you know, you talk about, you know, sexism, strong female characters, et cetera. I like that even in the very beginning, she stands up for herself. Like, yeah. he's constantly trying to be like, she's really sick. And she's like, basically just telling him to shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. I'm yes, I'm sick and I have a fucking headache. So could you please be quiet? Yeah. Like, and I, I liked their relationship. That stuff worked for me. What did you think of Gene Hackman? Um. Fred it is <laughs> contemplating ending our relationship with <laughs> her next words.
2: No, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, religious stuff is always uh, difficult for me um, because I didn't have any of that in my upbringing. Um, so I roll my eyes a lot at things mm-hmm. that, that Dave likes to pick apart because he was raised Catholic. Yep. Um. So, it w- it was an interesting take on like quasi falling from grace. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I love Gene Hackman in most things. Like yeah. I said, though, the thing that got to me is like he's screaming through the whole movie. Right.
1: I think my favorite moments with him are before the ship starts sinking. Yeah. Like all of like his homily. Like I mean, we kind of talked about this before this, and I like pumped it up. I was like, I can't wait! I can't wait for that! I can't oh, wait God. to watch this again. Yeah. Because I, I like the idea of a priest who is not dependent on religion right. and who is not like, well, if you just pray, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And he has this, some, some line in there about, like, you know, if you're if the room's on fire and you're on your knees and praying, you're going to die. Like, yeah. maybe get up off your knees and do something about it, you yeah. know? And I, I love that. And I love that they kind of put that in there. And especially, I mean, we've harped on this, but especially for the time. Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty out there.
2: So. I'm just going to assume that he was a Catholic priest.
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe assumption. Yeah. So um anything anything stand, anything else stand out that was particularly good about it that you that you kinda take from it and you're like, Oh, that's a
2: cool um, bit. I mean as long as we're gonna talk about it being progressive, like the fact that the kid had all the knowledge and that like we had the, the dichotomy of one adult telling him, Shut up, you're a kid, what do you know? and the other one being like he apparently knows a lot. He knows maybe, more than I do, so maybe, maybe we listen. should listen. Yeah, be, you know, and I like that they set up for that kid to have knowledge in the very beginning. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: he's a little annoying, but most kids are most.
2: Well, you hate child child actors, anyways. So
1: well, maybe. especially like it's 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 very stereotypical. It's the like it's it's the the child who has all this knowledge and just has to tell everybody, right? Which is it's not bad in itself because like there are a lot of little kids like that, like. You know, little kids, when they learn about something and they really like There's it.
2: a lot of teenagers and adults like that. Yeah. But, I mean, think
1: about, like, you know, I mean, you see it in movies, like, even now, but it makes me think of, like, Jurassic Park, right? Right. The little kid gets, like, obsessed about dinosaurs and he's got to tell everybody. And every, I think everyone was a kid like that in one way or another. You had your thing yeah. that you were really interested in. So it worked. So it wasn't as annoying as most child performances. No. I'll give it that. I think the thing that stands out for me more than anything else is the fucking set in this movie.
2: It's really interesting. It makes me wonder actually how much room that took up. Because it looks like they're very small rooms, like very small sections. And they do a lot of creativity with their camera angles, like rotating around the room.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting. I think sometimes things... As far as the craft of filmmaking, like it, it's constantly changing and it doesn't mean it's better now or it was better then, but we do lose some, some creativity that we needed to have back then. Cause now I think we're, if anything, over-reliant on CGI and you well, can create yeah, whatever you want.
2: When you can have a $200 million budget.
1: Right. And now in this, it was like, okay, we have to create this giant cruise liner and destroy it and have it in these various states of disrepair Oops. and have them move through it. But I thought it was actually, even now, watching it in 2017, pretty convincing. Yeah. Like, all there wasn't, like, a, it wasn't really a sequence that I can remember that I was like, oh, God, this is a terrible set, or blah, blah, blah. No. Like, it was just like, this really works. Yeah. You know, in, in a disaster movie, you need that. Like, you need to be in the situation with these people, otherwise you don't care.
2: This movie was also not afraid of killing people.
1: No, not like, at all. Like, people that
2: you thought were going to make it. Like, <laughs>
1: No. Yeah, I mean they you know, I mean, spoilers I guess, but if you're listening to this, we're talking about the whole thing, like they kill off the main character. Yep. You know? I mean, pretty standard stuff, the priest who becomes a Christ figure. I mean quite literally is like hanging there with yeah. his last and, and gives his life for everyone else. But like, you know, um Ernest Borgnine's wife, the the uh the ex prostitute, like I did not see that coming. The first time oh, I did yeah. it, I was like, What? Same, like, same oh my with god, the, um,
2: The other the other woman. Oh,
1: Shelly Winters, who's like yeah, the professional diver or whatever. Yeah, I didn't
2: I did not expect that to happen. Though the way that they did it was, I think, good.
1: Yeah. No, I think it worked. I'm glad she didn't it would have been I think it wouldn't have worked for the movie if she had died underwater. Yeah. Like I think that would have been really insulting.
2: Though I think it's still fairly insulting to the whole that shaming that they were doing throughout the entire movie
1: yeah yeah but she did like i mean she she was a hero she did yeah. save our main character's life so i was kind of okay with it and i also like their relationship her and grandpa joe from uh, willy wonka and the chocolate factory that, like.
2: that was another <laughs> moment that got me when she was like when was the last time we said i love you and at first he said 20 years ago i was like holy crap and he's he like yesterday that right doesn't matter like, right, and then like they said they loved each other again, so it's like, oh no, you guys actually probably tell each other every day.
1: Right. Yeah, this is really sweet. Like I, I really liked it, and it's the second time I've watched it in the last like I think two or three months because someone recommended it to me, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll check this out, and it was much better than I expected it to be. My, my
2: favorite part was when I got to break Dave in the middle of the movie.
1: What did you do? Because it, was, it was
2: there was some like section that they were trying to go through, and I was like, Bob Charlie. Oh Furb! yeah,
1: nice, nice. And talking about like you know. People dying in this movie, they... It's very dark. Like, there is a sequence that is... You don't see what happens to them, but I think you're meant to assume that this giant group of people all walked to their deaths. Yep. Because they're all going to the wrong end of the ship. Like, yep. Those people all drowned yeah. and probably died painfully because they wouldn't listen. And it was Same like... Same
2: with people with the tree.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, So yeah, pretty dark, but I think really good. And I think what sets what sets disaster movies apart back then as, as opposed to now is I think movies now are afraid to kill off main characters. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't like to do that. I don't like to kill their darlings. You know, but, like, these movies they are just, like, no one is safe because it's a disaster. Yeah. Anything can happen at any time, and that's what makes it gripping. That's what makes it suspenseful. And I think we've lost a little bit of that, too. Like, we just... we you know like watching San Andreas like you have this main family and you know the whole time they're all going to be fine.
2: Oh yeah. And Expe- that's, yeah, especially when like when the second daughter's like drowning I'm like, well, oh, he's yeah. going to save her somehow. Oh well,
1: yeah, cuz there's no yeah, we talked about in the episode that there's no coming back from that. Yeah. If one daughter died of drowning, they're not going to have the second one do it too and it's you know, so you lose that suspense, but this one definitely has that. So, do you feel like this is a great movie?
2: Yeah, sure. Okay. Why not?
1: And uh other than uh other than Titanic, do you Do you notice things from this movie kind of uh, in in more modern films? Or is this like a product of its time because we don't have the guts to make movies like this anymore?
2: Um, I don't know. Like, I start to block out movies I've watched, unlike you, because you decide to keep that in your mind palace.
1: That's all I got.
2: Um, So I know (laughs) that there's other movies that I have seen that have taken from this, but I couldn't name them. Mm
1: -hmm. But you do see it kind of moving forward. Yeah, in some
2: points. Like, I mean, it even kind of makes me think of Ghost Ship no
1: <laughs> jesus i remember god that's been so long i remember i think that came out maybe right after high school yeah for me yeah it's uh, another
2: movie i watched way too
1: young and uh it was a joke yeah. like my friend saw the trailer and showed me the trailer and it was like haha we'll never watch this and i never did because it looked fucking terrible well
2: i guess i know what we're doing for a halloween movie this year yeah
1: go ship it is I'm <laughs> down um all right uh so that's it for uh Brits, uh, Brits Film Education. So now we move on to a, God, just a big, big week of movie releases. No, it's not a big week because this is what happens anytime there is an MCU or a DCEU movie. Yep. Nothing else comes yeah, out. because
2: everybody else is like, nope. Yeah, because they're not going to make any, any money try. that week.
1: Yeah. yeah. So uh, we do have two releases total. Uh, the first one is going to be Captain Underpants. Um, which I had seen posters for and had no idea what this was. And Britt told me that's because you're too old, um, <laughs> which is true because I think this is just like yep. you. You said you like read the books with your brother, with your younger brother. Yeah, yeah so I was probably way too old. Yeah, it was.
2: It was one of those things. So like you know how they have like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yes. Okay. Underpants. Like, was technically,
1: my... I know that that's a yeah. thing. So
2: yeah. underpants was the uh, the generation for my brother. The same oh, okay. idea. Whereas these small comic books novella type things and it's a series and it's supposed to be easy to read for them okay gotcha um so yeah that's why i know and then so it was it was my brother and then my best friend's brothers were like super into it right because you know it's it's a superhero that wears underwear right but like legitimately just underwear just
1: underwear and a cape yep that's it um so i watched this trailer uh with you and i'm the first person to like be like oh fucking these stupid disposable kids movies but you know what that show was pretty good. It was pretty Finally, funny. Finally,
2: I'm gonna get one that they. It was will go pretty. To. It was
1: pretty funny. Like it's not. I don't think it's gonna be amazing, but no. I think it'll be amusing.
2: It's gonna. It's gonna be like if you had ever read the books, it would be more entertaining. To sure, you, I think.
1: But even with no history, yeah. like that trailer, I actually laughed a couple times, and that's more than I can say for most animated trailers. I
2: really want Kevin Hart to be a voice in everything.
1: Yeah, that seems to be his niche oh, right God. now.
2: I still need like, an Urban Bunny.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yes, the Urban Bunny. Yeah, but uh, it it worked for me and I was very surprised by that. Like I pressed play on this trailer and I was already like my eyes had already started to roll when I pressed play. It was
2: just prepared for Boss Baby again. Yeah,
1: which they're making a sequel by the way. So <laughs> fuck me. Uh, uh,
2: uh. Uh. I don't know why I just turned into myself massage, but that's fine.
1: Yeah, turn into. Um so
2: I cannot beat my face like that.
1: Uh you just practice. <laughs> um so uh, what did you think of the trailer though?
2: I think it's cute. And I think yeah. it, it's a lot of the things that um, were like very reminiscent of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Kevin Hart tickles me <laughs> as, a, as yeah. a voice actor. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it looks it's actually got like a pretty decent uh, voice cast, even beside besides Kevin Hart. You have Kevin Hart, uh, Ed Helms, uh, Jordan Peele is a voice. I mean, it's got a pretty solid comedic cast. So, you know, it it should be fun, fun, disposable animated film. Yay, I can
2: drag Dave to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, And the second movie, of course, the movie we are covering is the giant release, is Wonder Woman. So before I ask you about this trailer, which I'm sure you've seen a billion times by Mm -hmm. now, are you going to watch Batman vs. Superman?
2: I'll watch it Monday.
1: Are you sure? Are you you sure you can do it? Yeah. It's a long movie. So let's get this straight. So you won't watch uh, (laughs) The Towering Inferno, an Oscar-winning film, by the way uh but you will watch Batman versus Superman.
2: Okay. First, you need to be honest with the audience with the fact that you told me I am not allowed to watch Wonder Woman until I watch Batman versus Superman. I
1: don't remember that.
2: Yeah, of course you No, don't. no,
1: you can. You absolutely no, 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 can. No, no,
2: but you very specifically said about 4 weeks ago
1: I mean, I believe you. I just have no then, memory. And then and then
2: you made me go to my gay and ask him if I should watch the director's cut. I think that was after. I
1: think that was after you said you would watch it. Because I believe you told I me asked. Because, no, 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 no. Because
2: you said, if you want to go see Wonder Woman, you have to finally watch Batman versus Superman.
1: I think I said you should probably watch Batman No, Avengers. that's not.
2: That's not what happened. Apparently,
1: I just hate you. Apparently, you I just want to put you through this. Uh, so, I can't remember. Did you decide if you're going to watch the normal or the extended? The normal.
2: Because he said that I didn't need to watch the extended. All right. And, like, my my gay, who's, like, one of my best friends um, and work buddies, um... Comic book nerd is saying something lightly about that him. would be
1: like an insult. Yeah, like he's way above and beyond that.
2: He's like he's like a comic encyclopedia. I made the mistake of like making an offhanded comment, and then he proceeded to tell me the history of something through three different eras.
1: Oh Christ on crutches! I fucking hate comic book geeks sometimes. <laughs> Jesus, I think I think that's the problem I have with talking to people who are really into comic books. Is there's so much source material that I don't give a shit. Like, it's like when you like, oh, there's 90 years that I must go over with you. But, like, no, but with eh. him,
2: it's just because he gets excited and he starts. Oh, normal, know. And then he'll realize and be like, sorry.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the story <laughs> of geeks. That's the story of comic book geeks right there. Oh, I'm really sorry. I got to tell you, I got to tell you this. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I but, just
2: but vomited I think, all over you with I my knowledge. But I think the ones that you get particularly annoyed with are the entitled ones that are like, well, did you know Ugh. where with, with him is more of like, oh my God, But then they're using this and this and this from this part and that part. And I'm really excited. And I want to see how they're going to use it for this. Yeah. I just died. Don't, don't, don't ever, don't ever ask him about Black Canary.
1: No, I just, I just troll him online about shit. It's hilarious. Do
2: you tell him how much you love Green Arrow? Because then you'll be dead to him.
1: Cool. Easy. No problem. (laughs) Stephen Amell is hot. So, yeah.
2: The boy that he's flirting with right now. They are playing Injustice 2 together. And so, um... (sighs) The, Jesus. the the boy picked Green Arrow oh. just to mess with him. That's funny. While he was being Black Canary. Good and for then, him. And then kicked his ass. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's so cute. It's flirting. He's like, no. It is. You do not kick my ass as Green Arrow when I'm Black Canary.
1: That's, that's definitely flirting. All right. So um, as far as Wonder Woman goes, I'm excited for it because it's getting really good early reviews, which is the first time that's happened for a DC movie since Nolan left.
2: I love all the memes that are coming out of this.
1: Yes, uh, my only concern is that I think I think Gal Gadot physically is a really good she, Wonder Woman. Really, she? Well, I feel like she's you, too small. Yeah, well, you haven't watched her in I action. Okay, I think that's fair. That's I think fair. the action sequences are in Batman vs Superman with her, she's she's one of the best parts. Um, but I also think that she is a terrible actress. Oh, so I'm concerned about the Diana that's stuff. Unfortunate. Rather than the Wonder Woman stuff. Like the action stuff I I think is going to work. I still
2: maintain why couldn't this have happened like 15 years ago and we could have had Gina Torres as Wonder Woman. You know what? I'll still take her as Wonder Woman. That woman is hot.
1: And she's not aging. So that would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and she, um, like I think a lot of people have this image of her in their head as as the model Gal Gadot. Like when she was first in the Fast and the Furious movies. But she did bulk up. Like, I think she gained, like, 20 pounds of muscle, so she's...
2: Yeah, so I've blocked this woman completely out yeah. of my mind. And
1: also, uh, fucking comic books, magic, it's fine. Like, she doesn't have to be... Magic. She doesn't have to... I mean, she's a fucking goddess, essentially, right? So she doesn't have to be bulky.
2: I'm I'm interested in seeing if it takes a turn that my gay is afraid of.
1: Which is what?
2: Um. And, well, so he's worried that they're going to wind up making her the daughter of Ares.
1: Oh, God, God, I already don't care. I'm already, like, tuning out. Like, what? I don't. I mean, it's one of those things, like, that might happen and it might not. Here's what I want. I want Chris Pine as a damsel in distress. And I don't mean I want her to take the lead. I want him, like, tied to the train tracks and her to go save him. That's what I want.
2: I think we just found Dave's fanfare. Like,
1: just, just switch it up. Switch it up entirely. Like, have her play the Superman role and save him at every turn. That's all I want. And I'll be I fine. mean they've
2: already kind of hinted at that with like her blocking the bullet in the trailer.
1: Yeah, but I don't trust trailers anymore. Like no, can't, yeah, you can't you know what I mean? So I, I hope they go that route. But like uh I like the director. We just uh we're gonna cover um her her other movie because she's actually only made one full length movie. Well,
2: because women can't like oh, there's
1: more to that story. Th- uh oh. Because she was directing Thor two. Oh, oh,
2: this is the same. Yeah, oh, okay. I, yeah. yeah,
1: this is Patty Jenkins. So, okay. so she has been tapped for comic book properties before, but it's nice to see her finally be able to finish a movie and Marvel's put her name on. Marvel's going to be
2: all like, Bleh.
1: yeah. I, I, I think they probably already are because Thor Two was not exactly well received, and they fired a director who is now going to be in high esteem. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see.
2: Well, I mean, Kenneth Branagh.
1: Well, no, Kenneth Branagh did the first one. The second one was directed by like a Game of Thrones director, I think. Really? Yeah. one. this second is why one.
2: I'm not allowed to have information because <laughs> I just I misrepresent it. Misinformation.
1: I'm I'm here to to help that along.
2: Also tired.
1: Okay. Um, so in the end are you excited for a Wonder Woman movie?
2: I am even though it was like not cautiously? something cautiously. You, fe- yeah, you, you
1: seem cautious about your your excitement level.
2: Well, because so I'm cautious because I'm I'm worried. Because now okay. there's a lot of things that are in the the works for things that I'm actually really excited about about characters that I did follow because Wonder Woman is another one that wasn't like really my niche because mm-hmm. she was too. So good. who are you excited for? Okay, so um, I'm excited for Gotham City Sirens. Mm-hmm. And, Dude,
1: as long, as long as they find a way to cast Jessica Chastain, I am. And I'm excited, I'm excited for
2: the rumors about the Batgirl movie, and I'm also excited for the Black Cat movie that's been um, hinted at recently. Oh
1: God, I, I hope th- I honestly hope they don't make that movie. That is a really easy character to fuck up.
2: It is, like, it is, but th- but th- that's why like it makes me like very hesitant. But right. the thing is, is that if this is well received, we can finally prove that you know women and comic book women should have their own standalone yeah. movies and by not. a
1: female director and by a female director
2: yeah. like you know this movie's going movie i stuff.
1: i mean i think this movie's going to explode this movie's going to make a shitload of money oh
2: yeah i'm just, right. and it also makes me concerned that like i don't want her to get turned into black widow
1: right no that's I, I,
2: that's my major concern yeah. with like because black widow was a very strong character that in the last Avengers movie
1: made her a fucking her... crybaby.
2: Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like they just yeah. ripped her character down. Um, so I am concerned that they might do the same thing with hmm. Wonder Woman in later movies, especially with uh the new um Justice League and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I mean, given what's what's happened, the Justice League thing, who knows what it's gonna look like now that like Joss Whedon has had to step in and yeah. you know, do that horrible tragedy. So I mean who really knows where that's going to go? It's going to be, it's, everything is kind of up in the air right now. But I, w- I would have liked to have seen, like, what he wanted to do exactly on screen to see if he could so, pull it off. So, I have
2: to make a correction. It was not Wonder Woman that you told me that I wasn't allowed to watch. <laughs> it was Justice League because that was, because I'm losing my mind over Jason Momoa's Aquaman. And so you were using it leverage. Oh, oh okay.
1: That. See, that makes more sense. Yeah. Because yeah, there okay, is that's a much heavier tie-in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm smart. That's fine. That's...
2: <laughs> no, you're still terrible.
1: Yeah, but You can't smart. go see
2: your wet man candy until you watch this awful piece of shit.
1: Yeah, it's true. God. I do see an issue. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so we will be covering uh, Wonder Woman uh, later later on next week. So is there anything else you want to add before we finish off the episode? Anything else you're excited about? you excited to see Alien Covenant at some point?
2: Um, yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, all right. Good. Good, uh good vocalization yes, yes <laughs> alright um, so that's it for uh, for this episode uh, the next time we talk we will be covering Patty Jenkins first and only uh, full length movie which is Monster starring Charlize Theron uh, to get us uh, ready for her next full length feature in Wonder Woman so until then I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you for what you wish have been the last time and that was, yeah. was another pleasant experience for you
0: <laughs> yeah we're really killing it man
1: oh fuck man you did have to watch this for some other reason other than me right
0: absolutely
1: oh thank god that would have felt really bad yeah
0: oh i wouldn't have let you live it down <laughs> you can do that to denniston you're not doing that to me
1: oh man